We begin with a thick layer of fog surrounding you on all sides. Casey. Where- yes? I'm supposed to lead this one. Oh, right. Sorry. We begin with a dense layer of fog surrounding you on both sides. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. happens. It's like two or three. Who's counting? I don't. Not me, because I also technically don't know if it's been two or three weeks. Look at that. So modest. So mathless. Yes. <laughs> I very much avoid math when all possible. Except. Except, <laughs> except in the topic of today. Which is. D&D. I just want to keep stopping you from drinking drink. Oh, you got some mm. of your drink. <laughs> I just wanted to keep stopping you right before you took a sip. I know. I know your games. And you know this game. Which is D&D. <laughs> yeah. That thing we, you know, we... We, we talk we, about sometimes. You know, I, I don't feel like we ever really talk about it. It's no. so rare yeah, and it's just not I, one of our It's not one, one of our, our strong, like, it's not a strong suit of ours. We just kind of are, like, testing out the waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kidding. We love it. And we love talking about it. And that's what we're going to do today. Specifically, our times and experiences, fast times at Dungeon Master High, where we're... Sure. We're talking about... We're talking about DMing. We're talking about DMing. And like our our tips, our tricks, what the what the things that we do and try to plan are, and the and things that we like, and the things that we don't. I found a thing. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, so yeah, let yes, no, go ahead. you. Uh, let's start with you because you've been DMing longer than I have, and so what? What? what take us, take us all the way back to the beginning. I mean, the beginning was I was playing D and D with some people, and our main DM no longer wanted to be a DM, so we went through like a series of one shots, and I got to DM for the first time, and it was very nerve wracking, and I made lots of maps and made puzzles that no one was able to get through and I had to change them immediately because I was like, oh wow, I thought that this visual puzzle that I drew out on this sheet of paper would be fine and fun and easy. Nope. No. It's like super complex narrative and puzzling and stuff. Players can get it like that. When it's like two plus three plus four, it takes them like three hours. Yeah. I also really enjoyed like adding some cryptic like um, text everywhere that were really just lyrics from different uh classic rock songs. Nice about hellscapes and stuff. Uh, were they using characters they'd already played, or were they new characters? Yeah, for no, each one shot? we were we were being the same characters through each one shot. Okay, that's and, what I thought, but I wasn't yeah. sure. So you kind of ended up on like a rotating system, or was there, it was just a couple of one shots? It was just a couple of one shots until someone uh decided they wanted to be like the full time DM. DM. So I've never like DM'd a whole campaign. Because that's scary. And also <laughs> schedules. Yeah. Um, I was getting ready to try to de- uh, go through a smaller like set of games. Um, not necessarily a full-fledged campaign, but just like a, a longer story arc. And then we kind of stopped playing. But that's how it goes sometimes. It is. And other than that, I've DM'd like, a crap ton of one-shots. And a lot of them... Outside of the realms of D&D. Yep. I have never once DM'd a regular D&D game. Have you played a regular D&D game? Uh, sort yeah. Yeah, Lord of the Rings bit. doesn't count. No, uh, I, I started, uh, we did like in, in our kind of off season or our off season. <laughs> this is sports for us. Uh, whenever our regular DM couldn't, uh, be there for, you know, because of work and stuff, we had a, a sort of a side thing going on where a shout out to my friend, Jared, he was, we were doing, uh, I, I forget which, uh, box thing it was, but it was a, mm. a D and D. 
I think the only box game I've ever played was your Rick and Morty game. Yeah, that one's, I think, I don't know, I guess you could stretch out in multiple sessions, but it's supposed to be like a quick. I know, but that's the only like boxed campaign I've fully ever gone through. I guess that's, that's the only boxed one I've ever run and I did not like it. I mean, I I liked it, but I, I, I'm going to choose my own thing every time. So, here, Personal. let me ask you. Do you yeah. prefer being a DM or a player, or are you a Switch? Uh, I would say it's about a 70-30 split being in favor of player. I like playing a lot because that just, it it scratches my actor itches yeah. a lot better. Uh, even though, you know... You technically play more people in the other Yeah, one. even though I technically play more people, I like getting to dive in to a character and get a little deeper in it and uh because i don't have to worry about all of the other elements and just massive amounts of things to to be thinking about i can just focus on my one character it's like the thing where uh people get frustrated with actors and it was like something that we were told uh multiple places uh pretty much anywhere you go it's like okay when you're on like a set or you know just especially if you've been hired and are being paid just worry about your acting don't worry about anything else don't try to like get in the cruise business or you know you can ask questions and stuff but not like a but don't try to like tell them what they should be doing or give yeah and just be all in everybody don't stop them from doing their job yeah and and yeah, I, I've I've been around actors like that, and it just drives me bananas. And so, it, as a player, I I don't have to worry about that. You know, like I, it's different if there's like a little moment of like, you know, a DM's like, wait, is it this or like? You yeah, know. but and that's like the collaborative experience of doing something, right? Because D and D, yeah, yeah, and the as a dm you have like so many things to keep track of that sometimes your brain's just like, nope, I'm not going to remember this basic thing. Yeah. And so, like, outside of that, I, I like just being able to focus on my one character. I I think I'm similar. I think I would go more 60-40 with the stress. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, the 60 to player, 40 to DM. In that, my I really enjoy telling the story as a DM. And I enjoy, like, planning out things and doing all that kind of stuff and surprising players because i find that really fun i hate the build-up to it and my ability as i get older to concentrate for longer periods of time once you reach a certain time of night is not great (laughs) and thus there's a point in which any game whether it's player or dm where i hit a point where my brain starts going oh we're getting ready to go to sleep right Right? No, right? No, right? no, you have to do more math. Bro. Yeah, and so that's easier to manage as a player because, you know, you can take a backseat versus, like, if you're the DM and you have to keep everything moving. Right, because, like, if you're in combat and you're like, okay, I just did my turn, I have, you know, <laughs> maybe, like, 15 to 30 minutes to figure out what I'm doing next. Yep. <laughs> and, and so, like, as a player, I tend to be very either like i will make all the i will instigate every action because no one else is going to do the thing so here is my chaos and just take it or i am you know making sure that everyone gets their own chance to to do stuff like that i don't really fall in between there there is really having i have you played in every single game that i've dm yes okay i was like was there one that you didn't? No, there was one I almost didn't, but then I made it. Nice. Which one was that? The sec- first or second one that you DM'd at the charity? Mm. Like the uh, fundraising? Yeah. So that's funny. So having uh, seen how you are as a player, you're very... There is one one mode or the other, and the switch is instant. If it happens <laughs> in-game, the switch is instant because there is no middle ground with you. You are either... All right, no one's making decisions. I will make the decisions. I will be the decision maker. Or I'm sleepy. Everyone else do anything. Oh, it's my turn. I uh, hit the thing. 
<laughs> and that, those are the two levels. There's no dial. No. It's just an on and off switch. <laughs> it's true. And the, it's not gradual. No. <laughs> it's just literally just, all right. <laughs> it's whether or not I've decided that it's 830 at night. Do I want coffee? Uh, and let me tell you, one of, whoa, <laughs> what was that snort? Oh, my God. Oh, that's staying in. Uh, There's no way to cut around it. Nope. So don't even try. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, pig Ganon sounds aside, uh, let me tell you that as a DM, it's always entertaining to watch the switch go on or off. Thanks. Because I'll take I always, that as a compliment. It's fun. It's entertaining to see. I'm like, oh, she flipped the switch. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't help it. Like, there there are exceptions where, like, there are games where I, you know, I don't hit that tired point. Or there are games where I have started at that point and it's not going to change. But those are my my two sides as a player. And so, as a DM, it's a lot more, like, I care a lot more about when the game is scheduled. I care a lot more about making sure that the, the like, the minute details I have to hit are written down in an easy-to-find format for myself. <laughs> it makes me think of, you were like, I want to see your notes for this this game that we just did. I'm like, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, but... I have to set the circumstances of my DMing a little bit more carefully than I do as a player. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's. So, what is <laughs> okay, your? Okay, you don't watch YouTube. You don't get my references. It's fine. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so, what is your typical process, if you have one, of preparing to DM in general? Aside from procrastination. No, that's part of it. Yeah, no, that is that is means you're doing it right. That means you are a proper DM if you wait until the very last second. Yeah. So, like for me, I I tend to go into it knowing what story I generally want to tell, and have my main beats that you can't skip, and my extra beats that can be taken or left. And so, I generally have that from the moment I decide that I'm gonna run a game. I know what I want the beginning to be. I know what I want the end to be. I just have to find the fill-in to make sure that there's, like, a cohesive narrative and enough stuff for people to do. Um, in general, I tend to run more RP puzzle-based, like, games. Um, because action brawlers aren't necessarily my favorite thing to run. Um, though I have run those too. It... So I tend to have a, actually the last game that we did was the best setup I've ever done. And that's because I had multiple screens and that was really nice. Um, I, I'm not very good at having like paper notebooks, but I'm really good at having browser tabs. I tend to, <laughs> You're, yes, well, I tend to, so I like having a doc, like a Google doc or something that has links to anything I don't need to immediately copy paste. So like, here are my bad guys. Here is all the stuff that they, like, they have and anything I need to know about them. There's anything else that, like, I'm worried I didn't get there. I will have a link there to reference to. And I can just click through and get anything else that I need. Um, anything that I think might come into play, but I don't want it to distract me from all my other big points. I will just leave a link to. I like to have uh, a computer because that's me and browser tabs are BFFs for life. <laughs> and so it it I just understand that organization. I guess that makes me an old man. Maybe. I when I started, I was very much here's my notebook, here's all these plans and stuff, and here's all this and then as I have gone on in my my if you want to call it a career, sure, my career as a a DM um I have significantly cut back on that and tend to just go to like big points or things that I think that if we get to this point, this character should say and all of that. Um, it depends. Like I, I use notebooks sometimes. I, I liked my browser tab system a little bit better 
just because it functions better for me. But that's if I can have like my multi-screen setup. Hello, cat. <laughs> if you hear that, the cat is having a bath. Yep. Right in the middle of the episode. What about you? Uh, I, so I am very similar in the sense of how I start, which is like, all right, I have the skeleton of things that can't be skipped and then kind of fill in the rest. Mm -hmm. uh, but I I have my little DM notebook and uh, I like to have the books on me and I've tried, I've gotten to be better about, uh, yeah, I, I keep them on me and I have like page numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Now that we have a scanner, maybe I'll like actually use like a scanner to have, yeah. you know, uh, and so I can like flip through them easily. Uh, maybe but... we should make spell cards. Ooh, yeah. spell cards. Yeah, that is something I've, I've, I want to eventually do because uh, I know it's, it's better that way. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I tend to do everything analog. Like I like having a physical character sheet. Mm -hmm. I, I like being able, because my brain works better that way or I can like erase stuff and rewrite things versus having to just scroll and everything. I can just look because it's, I don't have to zoom or scroll or do anything. Like it's just there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's better for my brain. Uh, and I don't know. I, I think, <clears throat> We have very similar um, DM styles. DM styles. We just uh, styles. styles. We're watching <laughs> a lot of Teen Wolf. We have, uh, but yeah, yours is just more electronic based, and mine is girl pencil and paper. Yeah, I mean, I've used pencil and paper a lot. I think I just tend to gravitate when offered, especially because we've been doing so much stuff like over internets lately. Um, I think I just gravitate towards it because I'm. It's easy for me, and I am inherently lazy. And so if I can copy and paste things versus having to write it out in shorthand or long form hand, then I like that. I liked I like um, in one shots whether I like either building my my player sheets or helping them build it so I have a better understanding of it because I also tend to play with a lot of more new players than I do like well seasoned players, or at least lately. Um, so I find that to be really helpful and having like references for them ready in case they need something to know. And I don't know. I just, I, I, I think Casey and I have talked about this a lot. My goal if in running a game is for players to have fun and I want players to like all be able to have a moment. I want them all to be able to feel like they're contributing and to feel like they have like those like yeah moments that they that will stick with them through the game more so than like the the everyday play bits of it yeah i agree i like to do a lot of uh, and and you like to do this too but almost every game i try to include some form of homebrew additions mm -hmm. just to give it an extra flavor you know, uh, just something to separate it from just a regular D and D game. If it's like, if it's going to be a one shot, I want to add something a little extra to it. Uh, and case is also an only one shots. Yeah, uh, it's true. Uh, and so, well, some of them were like sequel shots. Yeah. Uh, dose one and two. Yeah. I, I, I've only done one shot so far. I, I'd like to do a campaign at some point. Uh, it's just a lot more work and effort. And I and I don't think anyone is any less of a DM for not having run a really big campaign. True. Uh, but yeah, I, I've over the, the course, and, and we'll get into some of our specific yeah. one shots uh, in a little bit. But I don't know. I, I've, especially after having done it a couple of times, I've, started to notice and figure out my own sort of style which is you know again like you said making sure everyone has fun and i i'm less of like a stickler to the rules same i just like <laughs> if it's something fun or stupid like just do it and you know it's like that, do it and i'll figure it out yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say so like put it put all the work on Put that work on me because yep. I don't mind doing that. Of no, like, I'll figure. Don't worry, yo, you worry about it. I'll figure out how yes, this works. You tell me your like fun, creative thing 
that you want to try that you're excited to try to do because you finally figured out that like anything is possible if you just try and I will make it work. There's it may sound with DMs like we're frustrated or confused or just baffled. And sometimes we are baffled in a good way of just being like that pause and oh make an athletics check that is our brains being like okay this is how i'm going to make interpret this this and like make it work yeah so like whenever you whatever you can make as a player you can make the dm kind of scrunch their face and ask you to do something but with a question that's when you're doing it right i know i was gonna (laughs) say like that's a moment where you as a player i or like me as a player when like you're you thought of something you're like i really think this is a cool idea and i want to just know if it works and you just see the dm's face change and you're like yes i surprised them I did something they did not plan for, but not in a bad way. There's a difference between seeing, like, your DM, like, get fed up with players who are trying to, like, work the system. Yeah. Versus, like, I get really excited when you when someone's just, like, says this crazy off-the-wall thing that never would have crossed my mind as something to plan for. And I'm just like, sure. I Yeah, <laughs> as a DM, I absolutely love it. That's one of my favorite things about being a DM is there uh, a moment you can think of? Yes. Okay. And a lot of them involve you. Hey! Because you have done that a bunch of times. I don't mean to. Uh, so... Like I said, I have two modes. Agent of chaos that's active or agent of chaos that's passive. Yep. But the chaos still reigns. Uh, <laughs> either way. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, that's one of my favorite things to do. Besides, like, that makes me have fun. Mm-hmm. I love being taken by surprise as a DM. Uh, in, in that way. Like. I mean, one of the ones I can point to was when I ran the, like, fairy tale game for you, Sarah, and Nick. And Sarah was just like, I punched the door. <laughs> and I'm like, this witch has, like, four health points left? Sure! <laughs> and she punched her into the next building with the door. And I'm just like, yes. Uh, that was a really good one. I, I liked... That one was a lot of fun. Uh... I, I was specifically thinking of, so I've run two Bloodborne one-shots. You have. And that one was, so I, I, I've i discovered. You did? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, you were there for both I, I was I was mixing, mixing up the Bloodborne and the Witcher. And then. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, but I, I have learned that when I eventually do run a campaign, what kind I want to do, which is like. A lot of things, I'm just like, I don't know enough about yeah. the world, or I haven't created enough to do it. Um, I mean, I've still promised you a Lord of the Rings thing. Yes. And I will. Uh, but that's the kind of campaign that I could do. If yeah. it's something like, oh, I really love this world, and I want to play within it, like, use that as my toy box and play inside that world, but there's not a specific character that I'm like, oh, gosh, I have to play as this character, then that's that's where I like to navigate. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much what makes me choose the one shots that I have. I know this. Uh, you know, because I do all my one shots. I'm like, I, I, the things that I choose, I'm like, I could probably stretch that into a campaign, even though I never have. But uh, one of my yeah, favorite but a lot things, of circumstance. Yeah. But one of my favorite things was uh, in the second Bloodborne one shot I ran, um, I basically just, and I, my, to toot my own horn for just a second, beep, beep, yay, uh, my, how I kind of, uh, adapted 5e into the mechanics of Bloodborne, I feel very proud of, and I want to, like, you know, maybe even publish a PDF of it someday sure. or something as like a, hey, here's a quick little way if you want to adapt to Bloodborne, because it's great, and you should, Here's how you can do it, and it's super cool. Uh, but that's a part I was proud of for myself. Uh, a part I was proud of for you and the rest of the team was so. Uh, again, it was just going through the game 
itself, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, I just made the map mm-hmm, the same mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so eventually we get to the final fight <laughs> of that. And it's, you know, it's getting late and things are getting weirder. My character, his name was Vincent. The Blood Hunter, right? Uh, was that, no, he was no, a sorcerer. Bl- oh, I thought you had, was it, didn't you use the same one? The same character? Yeah, but he was a sorcerer in both. Oh, okay. I thought he was like a blunder or a barbarian or something. Mm, he was a sorcerer. Okay. He was just weird. <laughs> yeah. He's a weirdo, but he's a sorcerer. Got it. Um, The blood hunter was for the witcher. Got it. Uh, And the Rick and Morty one. The second Rick and Morty one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we get to the point where the final boss of the evening has, they've gotten there, and it is the ever popular Vicar Amelia. And <laughs> lo and behold, uh, it's in both Bloodborne one shots. It ended up where in like, every one of your games, everything was tough, and then the final boss just gets slaughtered. Yeah, and a lot of times I like that. Uh, but in this in this instance, uh, everyone was, I guess, because of my description of Vicar Amelia before she transforms, everyone was so enamored with her that your character decided. I'm gonna marry that girl. Didn't didn't I propose after? Yeah, I mean, I was like, I, I don't think Vincent was interested until it got weird. I thought you were interested before I mean, and maybe. during. I don't think we met her before, do we? Yeah, because she trans she transformed. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Either way, I'm not gonna question what Vincent is into, but it was clearly Vicar Amelia, and I think it was. Oh, she pretty. Oh, she weird. And you're like, oh, I'm pretty. Oh, I'm weird. Yeah. And so uh, what should have been the... The big fight. The, the big, big fight and, you know, the slaughtering of a grotesque, uh, fearsome creature ended up in, like, a wedding to bandage puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt deer thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, quite the surprise. In in the blood moonlight. The other one that yes. I wanted specifically to note was a, I did a one shot of Yu Gi Oh. You did. And there was one oh, character. Was tacos. Uh, the tacos. Oh, the other one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, there was one point where like I had made this super serious uh uh chauffeur that was essentially like the the black suit guys of Kaiba Corp that are just like his henchmen. Yeah. And he was supposed to be very stoic, very, you know, ugh, very gruff what? and no nonsense. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make him, like, seem that way at first and then just make him super bubbly and fun. And so everyone loved him. And so we ended with everyone getting tacos. Let's go get tacos! Uh, but before that happened, uh, I had one character as part of, like, the team of baddies. And he was very you know, I'm going to do my job and not question it. And everyone was like, why aren't you questioning this? This is clearly, you are clearly on side of bad people. Why? And, and it, you know, it was supposed to be like a simulation and stuff, but everyone was so fixated on this dude and this character that I ended up making him a real boy outside of the game. (laughs) We made him a real boy. Yeah. It was like, hologram pinocchio yeah we dreamed him into being yep we believed in him enough that he became a real boy yep um what what are some of those for you where you're just like all right uh well in the last game that we did for your birthday uh we did a a gotham arkham asylum breakout bash thing and aj was our music uh music meister meister i always want to say maestro and i i know it's close it is but it's also like the the word that comes to my head um he was our music meister and he completely nulled the fight with king shark like (laughs) the options were gonna be you kill king shark and don't have someone that can help you fight you fight him and then realize that you can help him. And AJ was just like, I'm going to command you to remember that this is your friend and you want to help her. <laughs> and I was like, roll for this. And he rolled really high. Because not only is AJ a very persuasive and like 
charming young man, but his character is also really good at that. <laughs> and that fight went zip. Yep. And I know like it was it had been the game had been going on for a while and so I was like, oh man, there's like a lot more to this. And then oh nope, skippity do. Skippity <laughs> doo da. Um and let's see, what else? I well, have the worst memory. Well, let's kind of go through. Oh, I, you all decided to go to every single holiday town. Goodness. That was interesting. Tell us about that game a little bit. Oh, so I ran a Nightmare Before Christmas one shot where you could pick to go from any holiday town. And honestly, sometimes my favorite moments are also the character builds. I let you guys decide exactly what you want to be. Like you could be from any holiday and just tell me what they are and we will make it work. And you were like, I want to be a Cupid who's like a cynical ass. Yep. And I was like, cool, that works. And you're like, he's going to be a, a ranger. Yeah. And I was like, sure. And then we had Angelus who was like, I want to be an elf who's part of Santa's secret service. And I have a penguin who's also like my helper and all that. And I'm like, Yes. Cool. And then we had a monster luchador that was like half snake, half luchador. And we had the mo- the monster from under the stairs. And I just, the having to make those work was really fun. And I liked making, I like making special items. And so you guys had no healers. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> like, what are we going to, we don't have any healers. And then you were immediately like, no, I got you covered. Yeah, I gave you healing arrows. So, like, it was harder for them to heal because they had to uh, shoot each other with the arrows to heal people. Yeah, I I wasn't expecting my bitter dwarf to become Anna from Overwatch. <laughs> well, you and, <laughs> but it was fun. You and Angelus had some healing arrows. Yeah. Because I was like, just in case. Because with one-shots, the thing is, I never want to leave someone without the ability to heal because for the most part you're never going to get to rest yeah 90 percent of the time yeah i i did one where i was like i'm just gonna if they don't pick healers i'm gonna give them some stuff i will say the other one that i really liked i ran an all girls uh game for the tabletop thing yeah it was uh with emmy sage they did a charity event like once a month Uh, and they asked me or a fundraiser yeah and they asked me if i would run a like, a female-only game. Uh, And I was like, cool, what can I do with with this to make a thing? And I really enjoyed... um, Sarah's just great fun to play with. And... I'll I'll give her... I'll add to that really quickly with... She was in both of my campaigns with me, and she is an excellent player to have in your team. We had a horse in a (laughs) hospital... (laughs) because <laughs> she was a centaur right and they went down to the medical cent- center of this place and she was like wait wait i just have to stop us right now because we have an actual horse in an yeah. actual hospital <laughs> and that was great but then also they became gods at the end and just seeing them like because that game went on most games go on really long but that game went on really long it's true the rule of dming or just any dnd game is take however long you've planned and how long do you think it's going to take? And then add at least three to four hours to that. Yeah. And so I was trying to get them to the end. And there were some things that we had to skip and all of that. And it was a lot of new players. Like I had Sarah who played with a bunch of people. And I had McKenna who's also like played a decent amount of games. And the other two had not. And so again, my goal is always to make sure people leave feeling like they've gotten to really do something with whatever kind of character they want. And so to get them to the end, I knew that if I could get them there, they would have like that moment. And it was really fun to actually see that come to fruition and play out. Because the idea was they had to take this like egg seed and plant it in this decrepit ruin for reasons. And once they did, they brought back to life uh, the entity that had been dormant. And they were helping to resurrect this thing. Because it was a world that was stuck between the Nine Hells and the gods fighting. And Earth was like in this cataclysm of fights between them and being ravaged and 
they needed an equalizer or whatever. I'm explaining way too much for this. <laughs> but basically, they get to the end, and that goddess was like, I need warriors. And basically imbued them with the powers of gods. And they got to increase in strength and everything and just wipe out these armies of, like, Ismar angels demons and all that with just waves of their hands and like just whatever they got to want to do and they just got to like lay ruin to these like people and it was really fun to see them like get that moment and feel good about it yeah we had or there was a similar thing uh with one of the ones i did which i just i had gotten the mythic odyssey of theros book and I was like, I oh, want to yeah. do so. I had been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I'm like, I want to do some sort of like Greek thing. But I'm also feeling Mad Max because <laughs> we watched re- rewatched Fury Road, and I was like, why don't I just put them to both of those together? And so I did, and so it was like a mishmash of both of those, and uh, I had it to where like the final boss just killed everyone, mm-hmm. uh, like obviously weren't supposed, but I did in a way like they obviously weren't supposed to win that, and then. Uh, I'm like, oh, you were, it was in you all along because they also were gods. Yes. And so you guys got to just take down Zeus and just and he was lay an waste ass. to him. Yep. Uh, and that was, that was fun getting to do that because some people didn't seem to like be semi okay with him. And I was like, no, I need to make sure that they know this guy is not good in yeah. any way and you should kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what's your favorite or what's your method when you deal with like a direction you really did not anticipate happening? Uh, I imagine kind of, I I guess my explanation would be similar to Endgame when the ancient one is explaining timelines to Mm -hmm. the Hulk. It's like everything, it has the straight line and if it kind of has a bend or an arc in it, uh, I always kind of loop it back into yeah. the the line, and so you know, uh, it if even if the players make a giant arc or go in the opposite direction, I find a way to kind of loop it around without like forcing anything, but just kind of gently guiding back to the the plot in some way. Uh, without you know that I mean that's the job is making sure you don't take away any agency. Or make it not seem like you're taking away. Right. Because, uh, like, the the best thing, and, like, I guess this is the biggest thing, especially if you're, like, new to DMing versus, like, old hat at it, is your players, for as much as they can maybe predict some things that may happen based on either if you're running it in a world that they know or, like, they can read story beats or whatever, they don't know what's going to happen. If you, like, if your character is supposed to go to point A, B, C, and they completely skip B to go over to E, and then they they move on and they're like, we're going to go from E to F. F can still be C. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't need to know that you didn't plan, like, a whole nother route. It can still be there. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, what did we miss when we, like, skipped over this part and went this way and we could have gone that way? And you're like, I'll never tell. Yeah, I'll never tell. It was the same thing. <laughs> uh, that's literally what I was going to do, too, yep. was the point A to point other letter, but other letters get shoved in. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's the thing where, like... I plan these other things that can happen. And then I have, like, some things written down that, like, if you guys do something, here's something I can throw in or here's something that doesn't need to be there. And, like, it is a learned thing to be able to, like, on the fly kind of change something and, like, make something completely different up. But it happens. And so, like, the thing about it is you can pretty much lie your way through any kind of encounter so long as you have, like a general grasp on the world that you're playing in and have a little bit of backup for yourself when it comes to like character names or classes. Yeah. You can, you can set up almost anything to work. Yeah. And you know, I, I think 
so many learn i i always think about it i always feel bad about it but i always use it as a learning experience uh there was one i ran a one shot in uh, the world of 21 pilots specifically their uh their trench album trench album and i got to the final fight and they the bosses were just way too i i made them way too strong yeah it Uh. was the final fight they were way too strong and everyone was outnumbered and they I gave people some like healing stuff, but it wasn't really enough. And so I had to like in the middle of the battle kind of nerf them because I was like, okay, I did. I definitely overcompensated and I could tell everyone was kind of getting feeling the fatigue. And so in that fight, I should have done it earlier. But at one point I did really pull back, like have to pull the rain in the punches of those guys. Yeah, because there's a difference between, like, if a player dies in-game or even if it's, like, a TPK, where it feels like they have the ability to win and they just don't play it right versus feeling like you've been overpowered. Right, yeah. It's, you know, the it's one thing to have, you know, that's just the way the dice went versus uh, there was no possible way that mm-hmm. it could have... And sometimes that is the case in, like, I'm going to reference the ones that are more, like, fresh in my brain, but, like, the fairy tale game that we did with you. you the first time you tried to fight that lady, you weren't going to win because it was, like, unless you guys rolled, like, insanely well, you had to get from point A to B, you were going to lose. And But I wanted you to feel like you could still do stuff to get to that point. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, there's also a difference between something happening for story reasons. Again, like, the 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 mad max game Mm -hmm. uh you were supposed to lose that fight so that you could get your true power and and uh and your level ups and then do like the real fight so like there's a story you could do it through story as long as it's i i think it just needs to be very clear of and i i did as the player in that game i did feel like oh we weren't supposed to win this um because there's there's more story to this there's you know the, it has a purpose and there's it's supposed to be this way there's much more after this uh <laughs> versus just whoops <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you have a whoops which is gonna happen you just yeah. have to you know figure it out in the moment and that's yeah. okay and also like i as a dm i don't think you should be afraid of player death like i tend to try to avoid it where possible without it feeling like i'm trying to avoid it Um, especially if it's a one shot or like, especially if it's a one shot with a brand new player, because I don't want someone to go into D and D and their first thing be like dying and being like, I hate this. I've heard some people that, uh, of some people that had that happen in their first game. They're just like, ah, you know, my, my goal, here we go. Amy's tips, tricks, and the way she does. Oh, we're getting to the episode. Yep. We're finally there. But like. I don't, here's the thing, and there will be a lot of people who are very offended by this statement. I care not a heck of it all all about rules. Like, I like the rules and how they let you tell this story, and it gives, like, a basis for everyone to play a game. It lets people have different skill sets. But when it comes to, like, me navigating the game, if a combat is going on too long, I don't care if the boss still has like 40 hit points left, they die. If the combat's too easy and like you're just nerfing everything, maybe there's something else. Like if it feels like people are tired of a battle, let's not use these XYZ like things that this character can do. Cause guess what? The players don't know that the character can do that. So it doesn't matter if I don't use them. Like it, it is fine to change your plans, to have your people have more fun. That doesn't mean don't make things difficult and don't let it feel like there are stakes, but there are ways to do that without being a jerk of a player, yeah. like a DM. I mean, yeah, I, I agree completely. Like, And I don't know, it, it's just, I, I, I think you shouldn't be afraid because at the end of the day, the DM decides all. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds ominous and like but it's... And mean, but it's really not because like with us, we're like, 
we are going to have, I am putting my foot down on this. We are going to have fun. And that is that. <laughs> uh, because, you know, if, if you're even like down to the smallest thing, okay, my damn, my sword or my axe does, uh, 1d8 damage mm-hmm. well because i'm dm and i say so it does 1d4 like yep. i mean if you if someone wants to do that they can but you know i i wholeheartedly agree where it's like i i don't care what anything says on paper or in the book or anything if it's going to inhibit fun or enjoyment or upset players to the for the sake of upsetting players yeah it, it's not like i'm not gonna pull my punches with trying to make you guys work for your ending like yeah nah you gotta work for your ending but you guys are earn like the players are earning it via getting into the story and getting into things and taking chances and trying things and you know making mistakes making bad calls making good calls all of that is working towards the end of a story i don't can going to punish players for doing it in a way that I didn't expect and for doing it like I'm not going to I don't know I you know what I mean yeah and something I was gonna say with that is uh something to learn as a DM is uh being able to recognize things as they happen Mm -hmm. uh if someone's like I want to try this thing that's a little bit off the beaten path but Sometimes the you you have to learn to recognize the things that give you the opportunities. Uh, what what I mean is like if it's two o'clock in the morning, everyone's tired, everyone's ready to be done fighting, and someone's like, "I'm going to try this thing," and that gives you an out mm-hmm. or like kind of helps you uh, cut corners in a in a fun way, then by all means do it. Yeah, and you know. Anything that we say on this episode, or just in general, you don't have to listen to us. But I, I don't know. That's just how I feel about certain things. It's just like a lot of things, and to me, that's the beauty of D and D is those moments of like, oh man, this is gonna take a lot longer. But you know, everyone's kind of hungry, so oh look, this thing comes swinging in, and that was cool. And you know, mm-hmm. just having your brain allow things to come in and affect the game is just part of it and that's part of the the fun for me at least on both sides like as player as player and dm and i think the other thing and this can be easier or harder depending on how well you know your players going because there are instances where you don't and you don't have the chance to like really check beforehand or anything like that if it's a brand new player my goal tends to be Make sure they understand what could be really fun about the game, but also get to work on the mechanics and see if it's something that they'll they'll enjoy. Um, but otherwise, like straight up asking your players, "What are you looking to get out of this?" is not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, do you, are you looking for a lot of combat? Like, do you just want to punch things or slash things or whatever? Are you looking for RP? Are you looking for like? intellectual challenges like what are you looking for in this game and so that's why um i think back to man the ones that are in my head are all the same ones i think back to the fairy tale game where i gave you like a set of things where you're all siblings so you guys get to decide what you are and you guys get to like figure out that familial bond and all that and it gives you guys a chance to kind of pre-talk about things bond and like set up a dynamic for yourselves and then i gave all of you kind of like what is your character what do they want what is the thing that they're kind of working for and so your character like had things about being the oldest and wanting to go through that and then and like deal with the relationships with the other siblings and nick wanted to like just get out and so that gave me a way to work the story. I, I was thinking, like, I don't Sorry. know if I said it. I'm in, not breathing while I'm talking. No, I, I was just thinking, uh, I don't know if I said it at the time, but hearing you talk about it just made me think, at least between mine and Nick's characters, of me basically being like, Dad went on a hunting trip and hasn't been back in a few days. <laughs> yeah, because, like, your family was missing. Yeah. And, um, 
you didn't know what happened and like all this other kind of or your brother's been missing and you didn't know what happened and all that kind of stuff and you're going out to look for him again and there was like other mysteries wrapped up in there but it gave you guys like a grounding purpose in it and i liked having that and then i also liked the, the twist at the end oh yeah yeah you want to talk about that well i mean it seemed like it was all said and done and then it turns out that we were gone for a few years yep and like something happened, something wibbly wobbly timey wimey happened, and we had just been, we had disappeared for an unknown amount of a year. long period. It was like at least several <coughs> years, mm-hmm. and and it was just like the hook was like, you know, cut to end credits, but like sequel baiting, man. And then your mom was gone. Yep. But yeah, because if you guys had wanted to play play again, or if we ever got to like there, there's other stories there if you wanted it. But um, basically, I I just also really enjoyed the moment that you had with your dad because like you got me emotional, and I was like, ah, oh, isn't my that ba- great, my baby? Whenever you get to like, you know, have these moments come full circle and and. You were talking about like what players like. For me, I like a mix of RP and combat, but overall, I like things to have uh, emotional payoffs, whether it's comedically or dramatically. Like just having, being able to have those moments and just you know the visceral nature of that make you after it's over be like, oh yeah, we're playing this game. <laughs> uh, I that's what I enjoy having the most, and just being so. Uh, what's just enraptured by the story and the whole so like i invested. just like being, You're yeah just I, like... I i love being invested mm-hmm. uh in in everything that's going on and that's that's one of my favorite things yeah and that's one reason like for me story is everything and not to the point of like i will punish players for not following the story i want to tell it's more like i want to facilitate these players telling their story and like the rules are there to help you do that but it's always more important to me to have like s- moments and things that will be memorable for a player. And the moments that are going to be memorable sometimes is like the big combat moment. But they're always like something with how that player has connected to that story moment, that battle thing. Like you have to, once you get the player in, you can give them all of those bits that they're looking for. And, like, it, that payoff is really what I look for. Yeah. I, so something I've been mulling on for over a year, almost two years or so now, mm-hmm. uh, I want to set, uh, like we were talking about before, I want to, I want to run a campaign set in the world of Persona. Yeah. Uh, because that is a world where I know that I will enjoy playing and building and, like, tinkering with. But also, I know it's a place where I can hopefully deliver lots of those yeah. cathartic moments and just the moments that really hit you, like you said, in in or out of combat. Like if it's just with another character or just getting that final blow, because that's what that world is about, is mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, taking control of yourself in that that sort of emotional catharsis and so i want to be able to give that to my players Mm. uh but yeah that's that's something that i'm looking forward to doing someday because i know i will um but what are uh i mean we've we've talked about some of them already i just want to you know even if it's kind of like a list i just want to know some of the the one shots or let our listeners know some of the one shots that you've done and you're just like you know if there's ones that we haven't mentioned i mean the, just says like, hey, I did this. That sounds cool, right? Yeah. I mean, we I did the fairy tale one, I did the Arkham Breakout, I did the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare one. Before Christmas. I did I call it the Lilith one, but it never really got to that that specific point, but like the all female campaign or one shot. Um I did a, a series of handfuls of ones for the other like D groups that I've played with, and most of those were story based with what was happening in there. Um, the one that I tend to talk about the most is like the first one that I ran, which is like they get sent to a hellscape, 
to help with this other lady and they get tricked into doing things and have to escape. And that's where I learned that never give players carnival games with really good prizes because <laughs> you will spend a whole yeah. session playing carnival games for really cool prizes. Yep. <laughs> uh, we were playing in a game that had that and I was just like, okay, I sp- specifically tried to break the like break the system on the carnival games because i was like if if we i knew i was like if we don't get out of this we're gonna spend eight years in this one carnival yep but like they once they had gotten a a trinket for every person then i was like no more you had to go oh story hits yep um but yeah i like i'm very bad at recalling things (laughs) I'll go. I'll name some of the ones I did. Uh, so yeah, I the first one I did was a I did it for my birthday one year was a Rick and Morty one shot, and I was like kind of like a hybrid of some of the episodes of the show. Uh, I did. I played an, Carrie. Yeah, I did another uh, one shot that was basically a sequel to the episode of Anatomy Park. Yep. Because I was like, I want to do a sequel to this. I will say, like that was where figuring out how to game the mechanics was really fun for me. Yeah, and you know another thing I had um, unintentional mistakes I had made in my first DM game. Everything seemed to be poison related or poison oh. resistant, and that's what your thing was. And, and then I had Chariz- told you was it charisma. Yeah, that your dump stat was. Yeah, because she was like, no, it wasn't charisma. It was, it was intelligence or something. Yeah, because she was not very smart. She was very charismatic because she was a performer, but like she wasn't very smart. And I told you that. Yeah. And I was like, I literally was like in the middle of the game being like, oh, I picked these things because it fits for like the Rick and Morty thing. I didn't even think about that. And it's true that I didn't. No. Uh, and so I, I tried, you know, that was my first game ever. And so, yeah, you yeah. know, you learn from, from that. And so I felt like my second go at Rick and Morty was much stronger. It was really And fun. had one of my favorite uh, homebrew editions I've ever yeah, had, the shuffle. which is we had um, a bard character who her character was a friend of Summer who listened to her iPod shuffle, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna make a, a wild magic table." Yeah, based on whatever song comes up, and I had a playlist of actual songs that I would change in the middle of the fight to whatever was she uses her if she used her iPod shuffle, mm-hmm. it would change that song and it would have a different effect. I remember, and it was really fun. Uh, and so, as someone who really likes music things, like that yeah, was really fun. I, I live and breathe my DM playlist, mm-hmm. my playlist for the players. I know this. Uh, and and you are the same way too. Yeah, it's extent. it's harder right now. Yeah. With since I hate roll twenty, <laughs> like no offense, roll twenty, you're good for a lot of things. I find some of the mechanics really frustrating. Um, and also, it never wants to work on my computer. Whatever. But I know you also like to have music beats yeah, line up. That's with... why it's been sad to not be able to do it for everyone. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I did two Bloodborne games. I did a Witcher game, which I'd like to do again. Um, you did a Doctor Who game. I did a Doctor Who game. I did the Yu-Gi-Oh game. Uh, I did the boxed Rick and Morty game. It was like a dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I did the Mad Max Greek mythology one. Yeah. Um, I did the 21 Pilots game. It's a long list because it's just all one shots. <laughs> that was most of the ones I can think of off the top I of my head. I think so, yeah. But yeah, I, I like just uh, fitting. Well, it is fitting that uh, I recently finished uh, Persona Strikers, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Persona version of a Dynasty Warriors game. And I like those type of games whenever it's a, another property. Like they have the first one I played was Hyrule Warriors. So it's mm-hmm. a Legend of Zelda one. I played the Fire Emblem one. And to me, that's kind of what I like doing as a DM is taking, taking that, other things and fitting it. Yeah. And just like adapting it to uh, another world that I enjoy. Well, like one of my goals in the next couple, like the next year or so is to try to custom build like fan models of tabletop RPGs for some other properties that I Shameless think Shameless plug fun. for you. You have a lot of videos about that kind of stuff. I do. 
I haven't done some in a while, but I'm planning some more in the future. And I do that over on YouTube. And uh, where yeah, I, that's something that, but I know that's something you really like. And I, I do. Because I, I, I like seeing it. Because it's not unique that we enjoy playing games and properties that we know. Like, there's a reason people do come out with, like, official books on games yep. or, like, themed versions. Like, you bought the Stranger Things thing. Yep. Um, like, there's a reason people enjoy that kind of stuff. And I just like the idea of, like, fan building because, like, I don't have licenses. And so, like, I can't make money off of it. I can't, like, market it or whatever. But, like, fan building different custom TTRPG games for different properties and like i have different ideas in my head and usually there are smaller ones that wouldn't get one of those kind of things like i really do want to build a steven universe version of like you know a a race of gems to different ones to play that you can do and then customize them and play how you will um i still want to do like it would probably be more like the box trick and morty game of like fnaf because i just think it would be funny yeah um, oh, I just remembered one that I did. I did the Redwall game. You did. It's on the Redwall books. Although hey, I had to like I'll fantasize it a bit. But Hey, I'll trade you the guy who won't let you pass the bridge for the girl who didn't get out of the oven. <laughs> fair. Fair trade. Fair trade. And handshake. handshake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like there's different properties that I would love to do. Like I, I really enjoy the making of it. Sometimes even more so than the running of it. But um, and so... I would love to be able to do more of that, whether it's in fan or official capacity, more so in the future. Yeah. Uh, are there any uh, final things you would like to spread your wisdom modifier to the world with? Don't be afraid of it. Like, mm-hmm. it it feels scary, but the thing is, if if it is, have your first game be with people that you trust. Like, People that you know just want you to get to have a good time also. The The whole thing is it's the player's job to, you know, drive the story and also make sure your DM is having fun. Because the thing is, like, it's supposed to be fun for everybody. It's the DM's job to give you a story and set up, like, set up your whole game and make sure that you as a player have fun. But it's your job as a player to do the same thing for your DM. Yeah, it's true. And, yeah, just don't be afraid of it. And don't be afraid to mess up. And the best thing about it is that no one has to really know that you messed up. You can just write around it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, it's okay because you learn from it. Because I sure have. Yeah. Uh, hey, I suck at following initiative. Like, that is a <laughs> big, big weakness of mine. And yeah. guess what? I would rather praise my player for calling me out on it than get hindered by the pro- the fact that I'm not good at not skipping somebody sometimes and my thing is description i'm really bad at trying to uh adapt what i see in my brain into words so that other people can see what is inside my brain yeah uh but yeah like she said i i think a big thing you know especially if you're like i don't know if i should dm i don't know about if i should try it i'm kind of afraid just do it anyway and like you know you can if you can i have literal evidence of having pages and pages of notes for my first game and then now it's just gotten to where like i only need like a paragraph i mean we talked you asked about my notes for the other thing my my other thing was literally like a page of all of the levels of arkham with here's who you might see here's the thing that you might do and that's it and then i had and like a list of and people. yet it ended up being one of your like favorites of yourself of design yeah. so like you know hey i like that i got to wear a batman mask at the end it's true it was great uh but yeah just that was fun g- give your thing give yourself things like that as a G- dm or gm give yourself you a batman mask give yourself a batman mask that way you know that you're gonna have fun like one of my favorite things that i did uh if especially if it's something silly or, or campy like i for the second rick and morty game i did i literally gave them little like wristwatches. And it was an anagram that ended up being plot. So it was a- if they ever got stuck, they could use their plot devices to figure out where to go next. <laughs> uh, just like little things like that. It so was like, funny. You know, like like she said, make sure that you yourself are able to have a fun time too. Mm-hmm. Because it was like the old saying, like, if 
mom isn't happy ain't nobody happy and i think that kind of goes with D. if the dm ain't happy ain't, ain't nobody, nobody happy. happy uh so yeah just have fun make sure your players have fun and as a player Make sure your DM has fun. Make sure you have fun. Fun, yeah. fun, 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 fun. Fun, fun, fun. Even when you're crying because your character just got reunited with their long lost parent. Fun. It's so fun. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry we haven't been around in a couple weeks. Uh, we will be around as often as we possibly can. That is the promise I can make. Yep. <laughs> we premiere episodes Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. PST. So if you go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or Stitcher or like wherever podcasts populate, you would be able to find us there. You can subscribe, leave us a rating, let us know what you think. Try and saying that five times fast. No. Podcast populate, podcast populate. No, <laughs> podcast populate. I will not. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we really enjoy having you come back to listen to our episodes when they pop up for you. And we like to hear from you. So anything that you want to tell us, you can tell us over on Twitter or Instagram or wherever, where I am Amory by the Sea on all the things. And I am Case Crusader on all the things. And just let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, because, you, know? you know, we like doing reviews. We like talking about things that are interesting to us. There's we like finally, playing stupid games. Yeah, there's finally some stuff coming out that we can talk about. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't speak Amy, she was saying Mortal Kombat, <laughs> which we will probably do an episode on here soon. Um, I know Falcon Winter Soldier is wrapping up, but uh, yeah, just we like we like knowing if someone if someone was like, hey, will you talk about this? The answer is almost always going to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> all right that's that's enough of our shenanigans you've been listening to us for quite a while and thank you and we will talk to you again next time bye we <laughs> work <laughs> <laughs>